0: welcome to the passion ot podcast i am your host Parrish, and i'm an occupational therapist who is passionate about supporting and empowering other occupational therapists hello 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 and welcome to the first ever Episode of the Passion OT podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so excited to take you on this journey with me. When I first start listening to a new podcast, I really like to get to know the person who's created the podcast and a bit about their journey and also the reason as to why they've created this podcast. So, to get us started, I'm going to talk about how I started my occupational therapy journey. However, to start, What I've noticed across my OT life so far is that a high percentage of OTs that I meet, when I ask them what made them become an occupational therapist or why did they become an occupational therapist, a lot of these OTs that I've spoken to actually advise me that they also have a personal story as to why they become an occupational therapist and they've always had somebody that has inspired them to become an occupational therapist and i just find that so interesting by me looking back through the history I find that even more fascinating because it must just be something is in us as ots that we are really inspired and encouraging however my occupational therapy journey started back when i was in high school i was approximately maybe 13 years old and at school we had a two week placement and it was work experience to identify what you wanted to do when you grew up and also to get a bit of experience to know what the working life was like. So during this time I actually wanted to be a DJ. And when I say DJ, more of probably like a radio host. So I did apply for different radio host work experiences, but unfortunately I didn't get them. Which is so interesting now as it's like I've kind of gone full circle as I now want to explore the podcast field, which you know it's a bit like radio DJing, isn't it? So during this time, I was really disheartened because I was like, I just wanna be a DJ. Why at 13 years old will no companies take me on for work experience? Anyway, at this time, somebody I knew was an occupational therapist. And she said, why do not you come and do a two week placement with me? And at the time I thought, never heard of occupational therapy before, what is that? I'm not sure that's something that I want to do. That's so scary that I'm going to be working with all these people. I don't know what I'm doing. And she was so encouraging was like, No, I think you're going to love it. Come along and shadow me for two weeks and gain an idea as to what occupational therapy is. And she was so inspiring and encouraging and advocating for the profession. It's so, so incredible that I shadowed her and she was a community therapist in adult social care. So during these two weeks, I got to see so many different assessments, so many areas around how occupational therapists in the community could support people. I got firsthand experience as to what community therapists did. So this actually inspired me for my whole entire career And I then went to college with the idea of wanting to be an occupational therapist, but I was still a bit unsure as it was a profession I hadn't really heard of before and I completed my A levels for a couple of other potential careers, which was social work and also teaching. However, I decided that I would go to uni to study occupational therapy in 2012. And I then started my career as a qualified occupational therapist in 2015 in adult social care and changed roles within the service and absolutely loved my job as a community therapist, supporting those within their own homes. It was incredible. And so in 2021, I set off on another adventure to the other side of the world and moved to Australia and started to develop my career further as a community therapist. So that's a summary of how I started my occupational therapy career. I would love to know how you also started yours and if someone inspired you to become an OT. If you feel comfortable please write it in the comments and hopefully this will be for another episode i'm now going to talk about why i've actually decided to start this podcast so i created the podcast as i am a community occupational therapist by background and i found that as a therapist that works in a community you spend a lot of time on your own and a lot of time driving in your car and generally how i spend my time when i'm driving in the car is by listening to music singing my goddamn heart out and pretending i'm in a music video and sometimes i will listen to different self-development books however I thought what would be so beneficial for myself and hopefully other occupational therapists is a podcast that's approximately 10 to 20 minutes long that can be listened to when you're driving in the car, on the way home, on the way to appointments, to give you some additional occupational therapy knowledge. And that at the end of the episode, you can feel that you've learned something new And you can implement it into your practice. So to get us started on the learning journey, I decided that the first subject for the first episode is going to be all about occupational therapy history and where it all started. So as we know, occupational therapy is still a relatively new healthcare profession. And I feel we're still a profession that a lot of other people don't know about. For me personally, it was actually so refreshing moving from the UK to Australia, as I found personally that a lot more people know what occupational therapists are and what we do in Australia, rather than in the UK. I found a lot of people and friends that I would meet didn't know what occupational therapists were. So yes, I'd like to go back to how OT actually started. It actually has a really rich backstory. I remember being at uni and I can recall certain dates for OT and it was always a March 17th, 1917 and 17 is one of my favorite numbers. So I always remember that date and I remember being at uni and it was focused around war veterans and basket weaving. However, I really felt with me starting this podcast, I wanted to delve deeper into our OT history and actually unpack where OT came from. So in order for me to unpack the OT history, I had to do a fair bit of reading because this is knowledge that I didn't have. So I looked at research articles, books, websites, and it's been so good to spend that time To research because I feel like I've not been able to do that for so long. And all of these different references that I have used during this podcast will all be in the show notes that you can use for yourself. Occupational therapy began to emerge in the 1700s. During this time in history, people with mental health conditions were treated extremely poorly. They were not treated humanely, they were treated like prisoners, they were locked up, sometimes chained up, and considered to be a danger to society. During this time, there was actually a couple of people who did not agree with the way people with mental health conditions were treated. And they created a new movement and a new treatment, as we know, of the morale treatment. And essentially what this was is a a new therapeutic approach that actually focused on the person themselves and emphasized character and spiritual development and actually called for kindness for anybody who was supporting and treating someone with a mental health condition. And a couple of people who are really important in this era is Philippe Pinel, a French physician, and William Duke, a British merchant. The morale treatment ideas spread throughout society and across the globe. Specifically, the morale treatment actually influenced social services in the UK. In 1884, something called the settlement house movement originated at Toynbean hall in Whitechapel. The settlement houses were places where middle-class women and men could live together with the goal to share knowledge, skills, and resources. Its goal was actually to bring people of different financial backgrounds together, to share knowledge and culture, to reduce poverty of their low income neighbors. Following this, a further movement that was created was the arts and crafts movement. So this was originally created in Britain and somebody who started off elements of this movement was somebody called John Ruskin. However, this movement was all related to arts and crafts and using your hands and your mind, which would improve your health, which if we think about it using occupations to improve mental wellness and well being. So this movement helped to facilitate the holistic point of view by actively involving people within their treatment. So this idea of the settlement houses and also the arts and crafts movement actually moved over to the US and their first was Coit hall in New York. So if we reflect, The start of the morale treatment from Felipe and William, which is so amazing that their own views then started to change other people's views. Then the creation of settlement houses and the development of the arts and crafts movement across Europe actually influenced the use of therapeutic occupations to support treatment for those with mental health conditions. During the early 1900s, There was a sole focus on medicine and science around illness and making people better. However, during this period, some of the public believed that the illness needed to actually be understood spiritually and psychologically. And from this new perspective, there was a creation of a couple of new movements. One of the movements was the Emmanuel movement, and this was started by Minister Elwood Worcester. In Boston, he created a community based group based from the church. And originally he completed this for people with tuberculosis. However, he identified that there was such success with people's treatment and having this community based approach that he actually opened this up to people suffering from emotional distress. So during this period of time, he had professionals and practitioners overseeing the treatment. However, had lay people providing the treatment within the church. So during this period of time, there was some negative opinions because this was a religious approach to treatment. And at the same time, there was another social movement that was created, which was by Herbert J. Hall. He adopted a new approach for treating neurasthenia. So this was a functional nervous disorder resulting in fatigue and was thought to be caused by stress of societal change and the new cultural emphasis on productivity and efficiency. So he identified that the rest cure wasn't the right treatment for neurasthenia. Instead, he created the work cure. He actively engaged patients In activities such as weaving, basketry, and pottery. He actually had these skills taught by an artist called Jesse Luther. And Jesse had actually worked at the whole house in Chicago. So the whole house is actually the second settlement movement within the US. So he actually identified several principles of therapy that are still used today, such as graded activity and energy conservation. So they called these movements the work cure, and this became a suitable response for improved mental health care. The use of occupations to treat neurasthenia was also embarked at another mental health treatment center. So a nurse there called Susan Tracy was actually hired to train nurses to develop this treatment. So following this, she actually developed and created her own book. This further led to her involvement in the first course of occupations for patients in a general hospital. Susan Tracy's book then influenced somebody else. Somebody called William Rush Dunton Jr., who was actually a practicing psychiatrist in Baltimore. Susan's book influenced William to create and teach his course on occupation and recreations for nurses working at the Mental Health Treatment Center in Baltimore. He later wrote a book on occupational therapy. So William actually became a huge advocate and leader for occupational therapy so can you see where this is going that somebody sparks an idea that then influences somebody else is so incredible reading back through the history has inspired me so much and hopefully yeah the more we go through this it's also going to inspire you guys too so at the end of the first decade of the 20th century many state mental health hospitals had actually started using occupations as part of their treatment another person that's important to know is eleanor clark slagle was a social work student and had actually completed a occupation and recreation course her interest in occupations gave her motivation to study further and later developed a curative occupation program with adult Meyer at the phipps clinic in baltimore during this same time One of the founders of the Emanuelism movement, Elwood Worcester, was asked to visit the Clifton Springs Sanitarium in New York. And they were asked to teach their Emanuelism Work Cure courses to the patients who were at Clifton Springs. One of these patients was an architect by background, His name was George Edward Barton and he was actually in hospital as he was recovering from tuberculosis and hysterical paralysis. But he was so inspired from his own experience of the treatment he received known as the work cure. He actually wanted to share this with others and those recovering from physical illness. Upon discharge, he went and studied nursing and later opened the Consolation House in Clifton Springs, New York. During 1914 to 1917, George started to develop plans of use of occupations in therapy. William Rush Dunton Jr. provided some assistance with this. To develop his idea further, George arranged a meeting at the Consolation House in New York, and he wanted to bring different people who could help with the profession together. So the people that attended this meeting was George Barton himself, William Rush Dunton Jr., who was a psychiatrist and he was the one who was influenced by Susan's Tracy's book. There was also Eleanor Clark Slagle and she was originally the social work student who had completed the Curative Occupations and Recreations course and she later developed the Curative Occupations program. Susan Cox Johnson and she had organized Curative occupation programs in New York and also Thomas Kidner. So Thomas Kidner was a vocational secretary for the Canadian Military Hospital Commission. By background, he was actually an architect. So George brought all of these people together. And what do all of these different influential people have in common? Well, they have in common that they all started to use occupations in therapy in different ways. So the subject of this whole meeting was all about occupations in therapy. And during this meeting, they discussed standards and training programs for using occupations in therapy. So the outcome of this meeting was the creation of Occupational Therapy and also the creation of the first Society, which was called the National Society for the Promotion of Occupational Therapy. And guess what date this meeting was held on? It was the date we all know, which is the 17th of March, 1917. So this is when Occupational Therapy as the profession was officially created. Well, What's a better way than ending an occupational therapy podcast other than a reflection? And yeah, for me personally, reflecting on all of this information in the podcast and how occupational therapy came about. It's actually been so empowering and so encouraging at how these different people throughout their lives, who I've spoke about in this podcast, they had an idea and they were unhappy with the services that were being provided. And they were so empowered to inform society of these ideas that they had. And then that's actually been a domino effect and encouraged other people to have other ideas. And just this information has really, as I said, yeah, empowered me to think that, okay, as OTs, if we do have ideas, which I'm sure we all do, as to how we feel interventions could change and how things could be done differently, I think it just demonstrates that as occupational therapists, it is such an amazing skill set that we really can make a change. I hope by us understanding more about how OT came about can help us all feel more connected to our profession its values and hopefully leading us to a greater sense of purpose Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of the Passion OT podcast I really hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please, please share this with your OT friends and also subscribe to this podcast.